All right. Any questions? Yes. Isn't this all this suffering too big of a price to pay for free will? Like, if I think about if I was a father and I had children, I would gladly put them in a, you know, contained safe space. Yeah. Right? And just say, well, go out there, enjoy your free will, and suffer. <laughs> right? I mean... That's a good question. So you think God made a mistake? Maybe. <laughs> you didn't ask me, but I'm just saying like... Yeah. Well, sometimes it's very... You know, the whole thing is very deep. Because in the Bible, it's like sometimes it seems like God thinks he made a mistake. Right? He's like, oh my gosh, look at all these sinners. Let me wipe this out and start over again. Right? Look at all this suffering and all this evil. Um, yeah, so that's a very deep question. Yeah, so this is where I think... I think the mystery of God is very important. The mystery of God and the mystery of eternity is very important, is that um, God is an infinite good and God is infinite happiness. God is infinite joy and beatitude. And so that doesn't just mean it's going to last forever, but you'll never get to the bottom of the joy that is God. There's a quote, there's a line in one of the, um, there's a line in one of the prophets. It says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's a reading in the, Breviary, which is very important. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so when we're suffering a lot, we have to remember that God is eternal beatitude and infinite beatitude, which means no matter how much, how bad suffering seems on this side of the divide, where we think, well, why would he ever give us free will if, you know, it's all the suffering and all this evil and whatever. Um, if we die in his grace and in his mercy, it's going to be made up like in, in, in spades. So much so that, you know, the, the, the great saints of mercy, like St. Therese of the Sioux and um, St. Faustina, they talk about God's mercy as like just overwhelming sin. You know, St. Therese says, if I had all the sins, if I committed all the bad sins of all the people in the world, and I went back to God with, uh, with contrition, well, all those sins would disappear like a drop of water um, dropping into a blazing furnace of God's mercy, right? And so God's goodness and power being infinite and mercy being infinite are just no, you know, no match for sin, right? Sin is no match for God's mercy, put it the other way, right? This is overwhelming. Okay. Faustina talks about the same thing. She says it's like a, it's like a little straw, right? The evil of sin is like a straw, being consumed just like that in God's in God's mercy. Obviously, you have to want it, right? Because otherwise, that fire will just burn you for eternally, <laughs> as opposed to burning away your sins, right? Okay, good. I don't know if that answered your question, but I tried. No, but I mean, it, it's an act of faith, right? I mean, we have yes. To that no, absolutely. Can... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You don't exactly. It's an act, yes, it's an act of faith. But if you believe in and start to think about, um, the infinite nature of God and therefore the infinite nature of all of his attributes, including his joy and his beatitude and his mercy, well, then you start to come to a conception where, okay, no matter how much I see of evil, it's still finite compared to God, right? And so you start to get a sense of why it could be possible that it's worth the free will to make us happy in spite of the evil that um, is experienced, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. It doesn't seem to be the only option to me, rationally. I feel like there could be other ways to get... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, but it wouldn't be meritorious, you know? In other words, if if you weren't... Well, this is a debated question, but it seems like if you weren't free, it wouldn't be... You wouldn't be responsible for gaining heaven at all. What if we had the impression of being free, but we were not? Ah, oh, that's just then. God's just a big joker, a big lie. That's a big, a big lie. That's like the Matrix. <laughs> right. Now that's the problem. I mean, yeah, that's a big problem these days. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's a very deep question. But would you want to be deceived? No, but... Exactly. Exactly. No, you wouldn't want to be deceived, right? Because there's something really bad about falsehood, right? You want the truth. Yeah. Right. And so it's not enough to feel good. You have to be good and know that you're good. Yeah. That's why, because we're moral beings, right? We're rational beings. Whew. That was a hard question. You shouldn't come back here anymore, right? <laughs> this is the last class for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's good to have good, good questions. That was a great question. Any other questions? Tim, we'll give you the night off. Don't worry. So. Oh, no. <clears throat> these are all human arguments to understand suffering. Because when you go to the authority, God, in yeah. the book of Job. Yeah. Job asks, why do I suffer? And God said, you'll never understand. I have my reasons. I can't even explain these things to you. So everything here may not be true. God has a reason, but we don't know what that reason is. He's told us that. You'll never understand the reason for suffering. And when you look at Job, the reason for Job's suffering essentially was good came out of it, but it was a bet with Satan. Yeah, the book of Job is fantastic on this point. And that's that's the biggest, that's actually, I think, the only discussion that God has about why we suffer. Well, I don't agree with that. I think, the, I think um, if, if, I mean, e- even though something's not said explicitly, uh, there are teachings of the church, teachings of God that are implicit, right? So the, the sufferings of Jesus... And St. Paul's uh, participation in the sufferings of Jesus, the re- that teaches us the redemptive and the sanctifying nature of suffering. And so even though God doesn't say that in his own voice in a dialogue with someone, doesn't mean it's not part of Revelation. So I think you need to read the book of Job, like any other book in the Bible, in the context of the, of the whole of Revelation, and also under the guidance of the church's magisterium. But you're right. I mean, the, the book of Job does underscore this point that this is a very hard topic to get our mind around. And, but if you see in the book of Job, what Job says is, look, even though I'm suffering, I'm going to trust God. Right. I know that my redeemer is trust. I know exactly. But, but, but what he trusts is that his suffering will end and that somehow it will make sense. I know that my redeemer lives. I have, I, I have that quote here. There are two great quotes. Well, there's so many, but um, uh, 
For I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at last he will stand upon the earth. And after my skin has thus been destroyed, then in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see on my side, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. My heart faints within me, right? And so he's talking about, okay, even though my flesh will be gone, in my flesh will come back to me, and I'm going to be okay. And so Job is not just, I don't know what's going to happen to me. It's also, I'm going to be okay because I know that God loves me, right? He's going to take care of me, even though I don't understand it now. The other thing that Job, Job says that blew Therese, Therese of Lisieux's mind was, even if he killed me, I will trust in him, right? And so this, I think it gets back to this point that we put so much emphasis on this life because we don't have a deep faith in God in the afterlife that it, it kind of really handicaps our ability to to accept suffering, to find meaning in suffering, and not to be overwhelmed by different kinds of suffering. Um, but if you really have faith, well, then that, it get, everything gets much easier. But again, that's something you have to live. You have to live through suffering with faith in order to get it, because, because you know, we're so bodily that you, you'll never do it just theoretically beforehand. Yeah, things may turn out well, but I don't think that explains why they're suffering. And I say that because St. Augustine had this discussion in the first few chapters of the City of God, and he presented these arguments and said, i got to admit, these are pretty weak arguments. Yeah. Right? No, that's right. Yeah, that, no, I think there's something to that. And, and, and that's getting back to your question, too. Um, right. And so I can't, that's what I mean about the mystery of the, of the goodness of God, too. In other words, we can say that there has to be an answer and that it's somehow it's, it's in the goodness of God, but that will answer will only be satisfying when you experience it. You only get it when it's done. Until then, we can just kind of say, these are pointers to why it, it makes sense, right? Why suffering is not overwhelmingly irrational now. I think it's a compromise. Yeah, I think the, 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 we'll get to know the, we'll be satisfied in the end. Otherwise, yeah. there's really no difference between this and Stoicism, right? No, there's a difference. Without the end, I don't know that there's a difference because the Stoics are saying, hmm. without suffering, I wouldn't be able to be stronger. Yeah, but the, but the Stoics, the Stoics are into apathy, right? And so the Stoics are saying, so are we, in a sense. The Stoics are saying, don't love, because love will make you suffer. Right? Don't care. And the Christians are actually saying, no, care, and accept the suffering that care, that caring brings, because it's worth it. But don't love too That's much. different. Don't love certain things too much. Yeah. But when you do, accept the purification that it's going to take to, to love better. Yeah. Which is different than the Stoics. Huh? Okay. So, Father, what do you say that there's a hierarchy of of suffering, and at each level there's a different way to attack it to suffer well? Um. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it depends on the person, right? Certain people will be will suffer more from certain things than others. Some people seem born. Without original sin, they don't, they just flow through life. They don't suffer much. The deeper the purification, the more you suffer, right? I think 
obviously physical suffering can be very, very difficult, even if you're super holy, right? Physical pain is very, very difficult, hard thing, uh, especially if it's prolonged. So yeah, I think, you know, obviously we have to like, health is important. Our mental well-being is important. I'm not saying like, you know, you shouldn't alle- we should alleviate the suffering that we can alleviate. What we're talking about here is suffering that while you're trying to alleviate it has to be dealt with or experienced, right? Or that perhaps shouldn't be alleviated too quickly because it's a part of your grieving process or part of your growing process, right? Yeah. Are you saying like suffering for God is, you know, the best suffering and the suffering, you know, for your children versus the suffering for yourself? When you say the hierarchy, right? I mean, so how how do you? How, I mean, in, in 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 my humanity, how do I? You know, it, suffering is is a broad, you know, term. But then, and when you put all these attributes of fear and sadness and you know anger and that come about with suffering because of the presence of evil, yeah. Right. So if tomorrow I jab my toe, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Right? I move on. Good. But, you know, if I meet an accident and I'm unconscious, there'll be people around me suffering more than myself, but I'm not suffering. I am suffering, but, you know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So at what level do you, I mean, does, you know, how to manage that suffering? Uh, what what level and how, and how do you attain, you know, that grace or whatever? Yeah, I think you, our Lord says, look, the, the evil of the day is sufficient for the day, right? One thing, trust in God, I mean, no matter what you're suffering, there's some basic things that are very important. Trust in God's plan for you. Uh, try to accept the cross out of love. Jesus says it. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross every day and follow me, right? That entails accepting things that are difficult that happen to us. It entails imposing certain difficulties on ourselves to grow in maturity, to grow in love. So yeah, I think the Christian ethos really is get after it, man. You know, uh, trust God and love. And uh, if you're going to love, you're going to sacrifice. St. Josemaria says it, right? The touchstone, uh, sacrifice is the touchstone of love. If you want to know if love is real, this is important for this too, right? Like, if I love someone, how do I know if it's, if it's selfish or if it's really disinterested? If I love hanging out with you and, I, and you know, we're friends, how do I know and how do you know if I'm really in it for myself because we just get along and I like your company or if I really care about you? Well, the thing that, like, show, that dilates or you know, shows uh, the purity of your love is if I'm willing to sacrifice for you, which means that Insofar as I'm suffering, it's not it's it's not an interested it's not a self interested love. Um, yeah, so so uh, the Christian view of suffering is very positive, even though it's a it's it's a negative reality. Um, it's the result of sin. It's the result of sin, but it's become a means to to uh, win heaven, right, and to love others yeah. and God. Okay. We should leave. Yeah. It's really late.